0: Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association.
1: Good morning everybody, welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR on this Wednesday, December the 29th, 2021. Just a few days left. Fred Jackson joins me. Good to be here. A little damp, but good to be here. Yep. And it is where we are. It's raining heavily. how you doing, Steve Jordahl?
2: I am well, and may I thank you for um, having our construction thing going on so that we're over on this side of the street f- during the rainstorm. It's good to not have to walk across the street today.
1: Yes, in, in, in the rain. <clears throat> uh, let me just say this real quickly. It's not raining all over the world. It's just raining here in the <laughs> mid-south. It's like it's, it's just... raining all over the <laughs> I, world. I knew that was a song, right? Yeah. It's just raining here in the mid-south right now. I
3: know up north they're going to get uh, some severe weather. Far as, it's kind of whiplash yeah come sunday high of 37 yeah right now what are we i think we're 70 something here yeah <clears throat> you know what that means
1: everybody starts sneezing and huh? yes 64 uh, as we speak. But, uh, just real quickly <clears throat> if for some reason uh our signal does go down it's not your radio no. <laughs> and it'll be brief but uh because we have a satellite delivery uh-huh uh You know, if it's really, really thick clouds and raining heavily where we are, then it it interferes with our uh, signal that goes up to the satellite. Right. So just FYI, rare that that happens, Mm -hmm. but it does happen on occasion. Uh, Again, we thank you all for listening, everybody, for listening to American Family Radio. Should you want to do that online, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in Today's Issues. Facebook or YouTube, type in Today's Issues, and you can uh, join us there. We live video stream the show and we post the stories that we discuss on our Facebook page. Uh, we got an interesting guest coming up at the bottom of the hour, right, Steve? Yeah, we
2: do. Um, Randy Sutton is a gentleman that you've heard many times on this uh, airwaves. I interview him when we do police stories. He's in uh, Las Vegas, former Las Vegas cop, who runs a, uh, an outfit called or a, a nonprofit called The Wounded Blue. And we're going to talk about some of the retention problems that we've been having in the police force uh, the police with the defund the police movement at, and everything else going on it's a tough business to be in right now and uh so we're going to talk to him a little bit about the challenges there all right
1: uh go ahead Steve. my
2: silver and black heart is in mourning today i have to tell you um i, I am a uh i'm an oakland raider fan although um, I am. I'm okay with their moving to Las Vegas because living in Mississippi, it doesn't make a difference how many games I see whether they're right, in Oakland right, or Las right, Vegas. Right. John Madden, the the longtime coach and broadcaster, uh, passed away yesterday. Hmm. Um, he was a hundred and three and thirty two and seven. His record with the Raiders: a hundred three wins and only thirty two losses. It's an amazing record. Mm-hmm. Won the Super Bowl in 1977. Retired at 42 years old, young and started. Teaching, actually, first, and then went to broadcasting. He taught at UC Berkeley for, I don't know, maybe not even a year. But he um, went into broadcasting and became <clears throat> the best known and probably the, uh, one of the seminal broadcasters ever. It changed the way that football has done. All that Telestrator thing, that's his doing. Mm-hmm. But you know what he's going to be remembered for? Down the line, in 100 years, he will be remembered for the video game that bears his name, Madden, the mm-hmm. NFL video game. It is wildly popular among mm-hmm. all generations, and um, that might be his his <clears> at <throat> That and the Turducken.
1: He was 85 years old, died yesterday unexpectedly. John Madden, I used to enjoy him, uh, you know, doing the color commentary uh, over the. Uh, I guess he was most famous with with Pat Summerall, wasn't he? With Pat Summerall yeah. doing one. the NFL games, and he actually this,
2: broadcast for all four networks in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Oh, he did all four networks did, at, one, at some at one point or another. Yeah.
1: Yeah, his most the expression I remember from John Madden was "boom, boom." Yes, <laughs> huh? yeah, Do you remember that? Yes. "Boom, yeah. boom." So he used uh, the thing, thing about him was he really didn't have a big vocabulary. He just knew football. Yeah, and knew how to communicate with the average person out there. Yeah, who 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 enjoyed watching. Uh,
3: there were some of the people who worked with him that interviewed this morning on Fox, and he he was a man of the people when they go to a city to call a game. Uh he loved going to the local restaurants, got to know people there. Uh just a sixteen Emmy Award winner. Uh so really? Yeah. Oh yeah, you
1: can win Emmy Award. That's like for television. Yeah. Right. The other thing about him was he never uh flew. He hated to fly. Yeah. And he he had a bus that he traveled an R V, right?
2: Well, it was a, bus? it was a bus that was turned into an RV. Okay. One of those. It was quite luxurious, um, but oh. he would travel all all around the country. And when CBS or whatever network he was broadcasting for had the Pro Bowl in Honolulu, he had someone else sit in for him because <laughs> he would not get on a plane. Oh, really? Really? <clears throat> yeah.
1: So, anyway, sad but uh, 70, uh, 85 years yeah. old <clears throat> when uh, led the uh, his coaching career led the uh, Oakland Raiders to the. Uh, Super Bowl. In 1977 versus Super Minnesota. Super Bowl win. I don't, he may have been in another Super Bowl, but he No, won. it was his only Super Bowl. Okay, in nineteen seventy. Tom Flores took him to the next so, one. So, yeah. It was Kenny the Snake Stabler. Yeah. Stabler. Freddie Blitnikoff, Cliff
2: Branch, <clears throat> uh, Jim you Otto. You the guys. Upshaw, Gene Upshaw, and mm-hmm. uh, the other tackle... Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember a lot of hall anyway, of famers on that anyway. team. He
1: he he was a uh, coach that became a broadcaster that became sort of a pop culture mm-hmm. phenom. So that's uh, you know one of the reasons we bring bring that up. But uh, dead at age eighty five. So, all right, next story, Steve.
2: Um, we are fighting this COVID battle as hard as we can. Um, but one thing we're not doing. Uh, at least the government isn't doing, NIH and, and the uh, CDC, they are doing nothing with natural immunity. It seems like it's vaccinations, testing, and uh, whatever drug regime that they approve of or bust. And I want to play you a little bit of sound. This is uh, Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio. He was in a House hearing, taking on the cordon, uh, the COVID response, and he was talking with Dr. Marty McCary. He was an epidemiologist at John Hopkins University, asking him, about the natural immunity issue, cut cut four. 31,000 people spending $58 billion a year. Uh, Why hasn't our government done a study on natural immunity?
4: If I can be honest, uh, Representative Jordan, I don't think they wanna know the answer. It would undermine the indiscriminate vaccine, vaccination policy for every single human being, including extremely low risk people. Uh, other countries have done this study is that is that correct uh, most of our learnings come from israel and other countries yes sir
2: but uh, but our but are the scientists in our government at the at cdc and, and and nih they don't account for that they don't talk about that they, what, what do they say about that study
4: they never talk about it um, unless asked but i would say that they are doing worse than being absent on the topic they are undermining natural immunity through two studies that the cdc did that are so flawed, that are so um, poorly put together, honestly, they would not qualify for a seventh grade science fair.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Who
2: was that we were hearing? Dr. uh, Marty McCary. And this was a congressional hearing? It was a congressional hearing on the COVID-19 vaccination efforts.
3: You know, I heard an interview with Dr. Ben Carson uh, back a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that when the history is written of this period, he said, and with regards to COVID, he says one of the, the big things that's going to be written is how much we ignored the power of natural immunity. And, uh, you know, this is just me talking here, my opinion. I believe that uh, what they want in these forced vaccinations is more government control over everybody. If you develop natural immunity... You don't need all of this other stuff. Right. You don't need to be beholding to the medical community, to now political vaccination mandates. And I think Dr. Carson does exactly right. You know, God designed us, he designed us with an immunity system. And if you keep kind of suppressing that with drugs of or a jab or whatever the case may be, you are... <laughs> My grandfather used to say, you have to eat a bucket of dirt before you die. And what he was saying, and that wasn't medical terms, what he was saying is that you have to challenge your immunity system. And the way that's challenged is you expose yourself to bacteria, to viruses, and that sort of thing, and when that hits your body, your immunity system kicks in. And you don't need this other stuff. So I think this doctor, Dr. Carson, they're exactly right. We're downplaying the power of natural immunity.
2: Did either one of you guys send any of your kids to measles parties when they were young? You remember this? i don't
1: remember that measles you course. come from california don't you? that's yeah. <laughs> true yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me- us about these measle parties, <laughs> measles parties in california did yeah. it, it involve mushrooms or <laughs> no anything like that no
2: but uh, so measles in young in children is a fairly mild disease but it does give you your body immunity that lasts mm-hmm. the rest of your life yeah. as an adult measles can be serious and it's certainly nothing like Deadly diseases like smallpox or anything. So when you heard somebody in your church, one of the kids came down with measles, you had a two-, three-, four-year-old kid, have a play date. They'd all come over. They'd all get this mild case of measles, and they'd be set for life. Now, I don't know that I'd recommend that. I don't know if there's medical recommendations Mm -hmm. for that. In other words, you're going to
1: get it. uh, You'd rather get them to get that as a child, so let's just get it over with. Sort of. Sort of of because it wasn't deadly. Right. Just made them, yeah. It just... I understand well. Uh, yes, the natural. I remember the. Na- the I think the 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 doc, the spokesperson right there again. Who are we hearing from?
2: Doctor John. Uh, I'm sorry, Marty McCary, M A K A R Y. He a doctor. He's an epidemiologist from Johns Hopkins.
1: Okay, so he's talking there to Jim Jordan at a congressional hearing. That's a that's pretty highly credentialed. Here at john hopkins
2: he uh, studied epidemiology at harvard yeah. and received a master's degree in public health uh before yeah. serving on the faculty of johns
1: hopkins we were one in three in our class he he beat me yeah <laughs> uh finished higher than i did uh thus i'm here um but uh, you know what what are you saying right there is was uh, undisputed before covid came along and it became political but by, well, by, by mean undisputed, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, uh, well, I don't know. These folks that are only pushing the uh, vaccine shots as the solution to COVID, uh, they, <clears throat> they're, they don't want to talk about, as this gentleman said, they don't want to talk about natural immunity. Because it deflects from their, as you say, Fred, their desire to control people uh, with the uh, get vaccine or die, basically. I mean, that's, I'm over, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's the kind of hysteria you hear.
3: Yeah. And the opening question, I think, from Congressman Jordan had to deal with the fact, and the the headline is this: Yes. US spends $58 billion yearly on. Centers for Disease Control, National Institutes of Health, but no study on natural immunity. Right. $58 billion of right. taxpayers' money, and they can't take a billion of that? Right. That's annually, folks, 58 annually. Well, Israel did a study and found that
1: natural immunity mm-hmm. was like 14 times more effective at fighting off a subsequent uh, case of, yes. of, of COVID than was the... Uh, vaccine shots. Exactly. So, uh, I think but you remember Dr. Fauci? <clears throat> uh this was probably a year ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci. You've heard of him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh he's Bringing uh, a bill. Okay. Anyway, he was asked, I think it was by Chuck. Well, who was it? it Maybe Chuck Todd. It was some uh reporter, some national reporter. He was uh, I don't know if it was Chuck Todd. Anyway, somebody asked him uh about this said what about the effect of natural immunity on covid uh for people who've gotten it and recovered and he said well we're we're looking at that i'll get but uh you know i'll I'll have to we need to have that conversation that that (laughs) those were his exact words we need to have that conversation Mm -hmm. um and then he dropped it there was no follow-up and you didn't hear anything else after that so he's not as good as Jens is at circling back I don't think <laughs> well it, it was it, what he was doing was I don't want to talk about that that's what it was you mm-hmm. know because to talk about natural immunity with an uh an, an infectious disease doctor prior to covid they would have said hey yeah mm-hmm. you know, there is such a thing as natural immunity and it's good yes and uh so
2: You talk about uh, saying you're exaggerating at the White House, saying vaccines should die, but you're really not. They put out this statement on the 12th of December, 19th of December. They said, we are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourself, your families, and for hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Who said that? This is the White House. It's yeah, the White I, House. Rem-
3: that, I remember that. That was I, I remember Biden talking, yeah. and he a gets couple of weeks to, ago he gets his talking points from Fauci. You remember just a few days ago uh, we were talking about Fauci was talking about the possibility of forcing people, if you want to fly domestically, yeah, to have a vaccination and i'm paraphrasing here but this was the thrust of his argument he said we need to have more of these programs where people are being forced to get vaccinated if they want to live a normal life Mm -hmm. he said that he Mm -hmm. said this is another device forcing people to get a vaccination in order to fly this is another device to force people to get vaccinated
1: yeah
3: he has he has one tune he sings it's vaccinations
1: (laughs) right yeah he's a Yeah, he's got one, he's a one-hit wonder. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) All right, Steve, next story. Hey, um, the liberal mind, you just
2: can't understand it, I don't think. Washington State has introduced a bill, uh, Representative, Democrat Representative Tara Simmons has introduced this bill that would reduce the penalty if you're convicted of a drive-by shooting. And the reason they're reducing the penalty is because they want to promote racial equity. Hmm. So the definition their definition for drive by shooter is a murder was committed during a course of, or the result of a shooting where the discharge of the firearm was from a motor vehicle or around a motor vehicle and that was used to transport the shooter or the gun. Well, Representative where Simmons Where is this Washington State, of Washington State.
3: Okay, Washington State. Primarily Seattle. Okay, well, gotcha.
2: Yeah. yeah. Washington uh Representative Simmons. Uh, who represents actually a district in western Washington, she says it's clear that it was targeted at gangs that are predominantly young and black.
1: So because... Well, what was it targeted? This
2: uh, bill, the the drive-by shooting enhancement. Uh, okay. That-
1: go, go ahead. And, uh, is this going to pass? Is this, so is this in the state legislature? Do you know? It is in the state legislature. It's a bill proposed, but the, you said inside the mind of a liberal liberal this is the way they think and this is all right the reason we're bringing this up is this is what's going on in a lot of the blue states in particular Mm -hmm. and to be more specific in big city america right Mm -hmm. so when you wonder why is crime really out of control and even violent crime as we're seeing on our tvs every day and reading the news uh, violent crime is up all over the country and you have to, people are wondering why exactly is this happening well there's I guess there's a multi-layer answer to that but one of the primary reasons is because these left wing politicians and district attorneys and judges and so forth <clears throat> they are social justice warriors okay, they've adopted a mentality that uh, we must be quote equitable in punishment of crimes i mentioned this the other day and then fred you can comment on this maybe we can get our guest at the bottom of the hour we to could. come in this is a, this is very warped thinking but this is how they think they would say that the uh, we we need to punish crime equitably is that yeah. is that a word yeah. equitable and it's different equitable. than equality and and, and
3: and it's and, and don't get confused Equal does not equal equity.
1: Yeah. Yes. Two different
3: two, di- but two different two different things.
1: So let me finish real quick. So they would say, for example, if you have a uh, population of sixty percent white people,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and thirty percent black folks, and twenty percent Hispanic, for example, just giving you Hispanic. I know we're lacking ten percent, but that would be uh, Asian Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Other. Asian percent, well... <laughs> Transgender people. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, anyway, okay. They would say, well, then we need to uh, make sure that 60% of our criminal prosecutions are white people because okay. 60% of the population is white. That's right. That's the way they view the world. That's right. Okay, which is your to your word.
3: Well, yeah. and, and, and the sin, they say, is that if 40% of the people arrested are black... Then and and the blacks only represent thirty percent of the population. Right. that's racism.
1: Yes, that that's what they say. T- yes, that's the way they view. It. It's not they don't view it as uh, you know who who does the crime does the time, mm-hmm. so to speak. Or we need to prosecute the violent criminals or the people who are doing the uh, the acts. We need to make sure that our quota, our our, our you know our, our right. we equally distribute. Crime and punishment. That's what they would correct. That's how they would view the world. Another so they let so that a lot of the they're letting a lot of the uh, particularly the black young males
2: let them go who are
1: who are violent. They're letting them go on no bail or little bail because they say we've got too many young black men in prison already. We don't need any more. So let them go back to the street.
2: This is a legislative attempt at the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, in, in the state
2: of Washington. In the state of Washington. But th-
1: th- this is how these folks, uh, this is how they think.
2: I got another way that we could achieve the same thing for Ms. Simmons. Why don't we change the demographic of the gangs? Maybe less black people in the gangs in Washington and her city might uh, then they would have less
1: uh, arrests uh, for drive-by shootings. Yeah, well, it's just, <clears throat> this, it's warp thinking, and uh, it's, it's distorted, it's warped, it's, it's, it, and it has real-life consequences Yes, because we see now every day a lot of these atrocities across the country, these crimes are committed. Almost always you can expect a rap sheet, right? Mm-hmm. You can expect them to say, and he's been arrested six other times for these crimes. Am I right? Well, almost every time. You go back
3: to the uh, the tragedy of the Christmas parade. Yeah, in Oh, Wisconsin. the one that
2: the car hit the that created all that <laughs> yeah. chaos. Yes, yes. Six, the car did. Yeah. Six <laughs>
3: people. That guy uh, had a rap sheet as long as your arm. Yeah, yeah. And a judge let him go on a thousand dollar bail on his latest charge of trying to run over a person.
1: Yes, his girlfriend wasn't it?
3: His his girlfriend
1: prior to him killing all those people. Yes, yeah. he was let go on a thousand dollar bail. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. By by a a a, a, a prosecutor mm-hmm. in. Milwaukee County, I think it was, who was a lefty yes, who, who subscribes to this uh, left-wing ideology I mentioned earlier as it relates to crime and social justice. Yes. In fact, uh, the guy said a few years back, he said, I know people are going to die because of my no bail. Was it no bail or anyway, soft on crime approach Yes, in the name of hmm. equity. Equity. Yeah. I know people are going to die but that'll just have to it'll just have to be that way. Well, guess what? They did die. They did. They did die. So, and it's on your account sir. Yeah. We got about a minute before the break. Who's going to be our guest Steve after the break?
2: His name is Randy Sutton and uh, he's with a group called the Wounded Blue. He started this and um He's a he's a expert on law enforcement. Served a long time, and really kind of has his pulse uh, in the community. There knows what's going on with these people. I think when we get back, I'd like to uh, introduce him and play him and all of us uh, 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 some sound from a dispatcher that in Chicago that is kind <clears> of <throat> the truth is catching up, and he's really upset with the mayor.
1: Yeah, I watched this the other night. Uh, what you're going to play a clip from? Mm-hmm. It's about a twenty five minute. It was a 25-minute. I want to say it was a it was a live Facebook feed, but it was but it. I was watching the the after it was taped, and the gentleman was uh African American guy, probably in his mid 30s, maybe 40 years old, lives in Chicago. He's a dispatcher for the police department, or maybe a like a 911 guy, who answers the phone, and he is alarmed at. Uh, how fewer police officers Chicago has now and is dwindling, mm-hmm. and he's he's uh, he's trying to warn the public, yeah. Yeah. and and uh, he, he's uh, he, and I watched that video tape of him and it was quite shocking. Yeah. Quite fr- even though I don't live there, to understand what's going on in Chicago and other big cities was kind of shocking. Anyway, we'll talk to this gentleman about that.
0: What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for standing with us.
1: A vacation with a purpose. Hello everyone, I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're gonna be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's gonna be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com.
5: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting go visit to the number 49596. Again, that's go visit to the number 49596. The American people overwhelmingly reject transgenderism, the notion that men can become women and vice versa. A new Rasmussen report shows 75% of American adults believe there are only two genders. Among Black Americans, the numbers are even higher, 9 out of 10, 82% say God created male and female. Even a majority of Democrats reject transgenderism. It's a debate raging, especially in athletics, where men who identify as women are being allowed to compete against biological women. The world of collegiate swimming has been rocked by scandal after a man decided he wanted to swim on the women's team at the University of Pennsylvania. That man is now poised to break every female swimming record in history. The outrage is greatest among feminists and conservatives, making strange bedfellows in a fight for women's rights. My new book, by the way, available right now, our daily biscuit at todstarns.com. When you die, are you going to heaven or not?
2: You can know for sure. Heaven or not.net Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my in my hands. Though he slay me, I will hope in
0: him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now back to more of Today's Issues.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Tim with Fred and Steve. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. So, I saw a movie last night. Uh, no, I went to the theater. I, I I I may have seen the same movie last night. No, but uh, are we are we having a am I are we having a tele
2: maybe? What where movie where
1: what movie did you go see? I went to see uh, the Kurt Warner story. Yeah, that's the one. I love that movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Huh. Okay. Didn't you think so? Oh, fantastic! I think that's movie. the Irwin brothers. I want to really? say, yeah, the ones who did the uh, a lot of the um, a, a lot of other films, uh, October sure. Baby, and, yes. and that we helped with, and mm-hmm. they're, they they kind of hold. You you recognize the names? I can't. I don't come to me right now, but yeah, yeah. it was a movie based on uh, the life of you know true story, obviously of Kurt Warner, who was uh, NFL hall of famer he is a quarterback hall of famer. yeah yeah Undrafted. yeah who is a, yeah he's obviously retired but uh it's uh quite a, it's called uh they don't pay me to american do this. underdog american underdog yeah yeah did you so you did you go last night too Were you in there No, one?
2: uh it was open it opened on new year's uh, christmas eve i think heather and i went uh, christmas eve and by the way we had the whole we went to an 11 o'clock showing and we had the whole theater to ourselves. Yeah, Eleven <laughs> yeah, It was o'clock a Christmas thing. Eve, 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, 10:30
1: or something. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Great but, movie. Uh, well, there were the uh, most of the theater last night was full. Yeah. So evidently word of mouth getting out there. Uh, but it's it, the uh, I love I love true stories. Sure. Um, you know that's my favorite kind of movie mm-hmm. based on a true story or a true story. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Kurt Warner, course, the aspect here that. Uh, I wanted to mention was it's, it's, you know, he, at the end of the movie, he gives his life to the Lord and, uh, he, uh, gives credit to God for, for what happened and you know, for his, for his journey wow. in his life, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it's really quite fascinating stories. He, he lived, grew up in Iowa and, uh, went to Northern Iowa, Illinois, let's see, Northern Iowa university, university, which was uh, a division two school, I think, or, you know, it's, it wasn't uh, as high profile as let's say university of Iowa or Iowa state university. And didn't even start there until a senior year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those, it's a true life story, but it's one of those stories that, that you know, are sto- it's storybook. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. something you, you go, well, this is uh, only for the movies. Uh, right. This can't really happen in real life. Well, it anyway, it's very entertaining.
3: Well, that's it. That's it's, it's
1: called. It's called. What is it? American Underdog. American Underdog, and uh, I was. So I was wanting to know. What, I know we know the Irwin brothers. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. who uh, produced the movie? Maybe have, maybe have get them. Uh, get them on yeah. about that soon. Anyway, there you go. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Okay, Steve, our guest is.
2: Uh, we uh, want to welcome Randy Sutton to our airwaves now, folks. You probably heard Randy before on AFR. Uh, He's a frequent guest when we talk about law enforcement issues. He's a former officer, um, and he is uh, the starter and founder of a group called the Wounded Blue. Uh, Welcome, Randy.
6: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today.
2: Give me the elevator speech on the Wounded Blue,
6: Randy. Well, the Wounded Blue is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured, and disabled law enforcement officers. It is a nationwide charity that works to assist uh, officers who've been injured either physically or psychologically and emotionally in the line of duty. And we've helped more than thirteen thousand law enforcement officers since uh, we went operational two and a half years ago.
2: Fantastic. Hey, I, I, you, I know you know you've heard this before, but I want to play for you some sound of a uh, of, of a dispatcher in Chicago. His name is Keith Thornton, and he is basically fed up with Chicago, its prosecutors, and mostly its mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Take a listen to cut six.
4: This mayor does not care about Chicago police officers, period. She doesn't care about any first responders. She doesn't care about the city. She don't even care about her city workers. All that lady cares about is herself. And I pray you're watching this because you're a disgrace and I'm tired of it. And your city is tired of it. Matter of fact, it's not your city. The city of Chicago is tired of it. Randy, I'm assuming
2: that there's more than just one dispatcher that has these kind of sentiments, do you think?
6: <laughs> I would say probably the entire Chicago Police Department has the same sentiment. Um she is a disgrace. She is the uh, uh her policies or her um uh uncaring uh attitude towards law enforcement and towards public safety is one of the major reasons why the city of Chicago is in uh, in the turmoil that it is as far as the the crime. It's um, it's it, it truly is um, a dangerous dangerous city, uh, and much of it lays at the feet of the mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot.
1: Talking to Randy Sutton, he's chairman of the board of the Wounded Blue. Are you based out of uh, Las Vegas? Where, where are you guys based out of, Randy?
6: Yes. Well, we're based out of Las Vegas, but we have uh, we have uh, officers all over the country, Um, peer team, peer team officers that help cops. We are a nationwide charity. And uh, what's your website? Thewoundedblue.org. That's thewoundedblue.org. And if uh, any officers who are listening to this, uh, we are a we are here for you. If you are struggling because you've been physically injured or you're suffering, uh, from, uh, from the, the psychological traumas of, of, uh, of policing, which, which is uh-huh. a major issue today.
1: Randy, uh, the Tim here, and, and I'm 58 years old, probably the youngest among the bunch here. I don't know what you're younger, or older than me, Randy.
6: I'm older than you.
1: Okay. So all three of you guys are old geezers, right? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> huh? I'm the young, I'm the young whippersnapper. In Thanks the, for I, reminding. Yes. At 58 years old <laughs> here. Uh, no. Uh okay we all come we're all baby boomers here and we all grew up revering the uh, police yes uh and I I'm talking about uh we I, I, most young boys of our generation if you were to ask them when they were 7 years old what do you want to be when you grow up a, a police officer or a fireman uh those would be two of the top 3 probably right among every demographic doesn't matter what ethnicity you are or whatever they would say a police officer when i retired from baseball right yeah well that i said what <laughs> top 2 or 3 right. maybe <laughs> maybe uh, in the 60s yeah. and 70s uh, a professional baseball player would rank above a police officer but barely but my point is that we had a reverence for law and order and 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 the police uh Represented what was good about our country. And, man, uh, Randy, uh, in the last five years or so in particular, the uh, left-wing media in this country, uh, some political opportunists, some of these race baiters out there like Sharpton and, and those have just crucified the uh, police uh I was going to uh, say an industry, the police community, uh, the, the, the police profession. Yes. Yes. Okay. I said, said the law enforcement profession, I should say, and, and, uh, it's taken its toll as you know, Randy, in many, many ways. And now we're seeing it take its toll on this, this battering day after day after day from the left against police. The battering that they've taken is now taking its toll on uh, re- retention and 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 getting good qualified people to come into the police and, s- and to stay. You want to talk about how? Th- oh, you know, I- am I right? And how can we change this?
6: Go ahead. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, the the retention of uh, of officers is diminishing as well as the recruitment of new officers in fact right um i'll get, give you a startling story uh, the uh st louis police department recently gave a police test and usually thousands of people will line up to to take a police test uh, not one person showed up in the city of st louis that is that is unheard not of. one um wow not one per not one person now keep in mind they have an anti-law enforcement mayor. They have yes. an anti-law enforcement district attorney. The The, the media has been, you know, um, very, very negative towards law enforcement there. And now they're paying the price for it. But, the, but who really pays the price, you guys? Yeah. The people of the city pay the price. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because the, the crime is literally out of control across America. And this can be laid at the feet of of uh, the liberal the liberal left, yes. who has chosen to make um, make a scapegoat of, of law enforcement when, in fact, the the people who truly care, who actually put their lives on the line to protect their communities, including their communities of color, are the police. Yeah. And and so you you're you're absolutely right. I mean, what what is taking place is I was just I was recently asked about police reform by uh, by uh, a media person and they said you know what tell us about you know police reform i said the police don't need to be reformed what the the the, what the what the police really need is a fantastic pr person because because it is literally been an anti-law enforcement um uh, commitment by the media that has that has really exacerbated the uh uh you know what's what's been taking place across america
3: okay um Randy, it's, it's Fred Jackson here. You know, I was, Hi, watch, I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and they profiled a police officer from New Jersey who uh, recently retired. And he said, one of the reasons I'm retiring, he's, he's not an older man, one of the reasons I'm retiring is we're now living in a climate if a police officer makes one mistake, the world comes down on top of him. There is no leniency. Or
1: her in the case of the uh,
3: Kim Potter, yeah, uh, you know, in Minneapolis, she made fifteen years in prison. She made a mistake, but the media just covered that story, tried to make it a racist story every day. The Associated Press had to mention the color of the person who was shot, and and uh, Kim Potter's skin color. There was no evidence presented at the trial. There was the, racism had nothing to do with this. But to the You're point right. No, right. To, to the You're point right. of this police Absolutely. officer, you know, it, it is almost dangerous now to be a police officer, not because it's a dangerous profession as far as the violence that you have to face, but it's dangerous because our prosecutors may come after you if you make a mistake.
6: It's happening across the country. We are seeing um, what what Kim Potter's trial was a travesty. Um, th- that woman should have been the, the, the true adjudication of that case should have been a civil lawsuit uh, for wrongful death and and the city would have paid and that would have been that the the fact that they went after her criminally for what was clearly um, a mistake and uh, one with with zero intent to do any harm um, against a, an individual who, and you, you notice how the media never even talks about the fact that this was a violent offender who Whose own act, actions precipitated the event she she would never have shot him she would never have used her taser had he simply complied with her order to get out of the car and be and, and submit to an arrest um, he's a violent offender you don't you don't hear it the same thing with George Floyd you never hear about it. what a, what a nasty human being he was uh, a violent offender uh, and and the the media deifies these criminals, and what has happened now as a result is, and that that officer in New Jersey said what cops are thinking all over the country. I'm scared to death to do my job, and so what is happening is the depolicing is very, very real. That is why get involved because you know that every time you have an interaction with another human being, it can possibly lead to a violent confrontation, which can lead to your your arrest yeah. if if it, it i mean we just saw something uh, in um la mesa california um a la mesa police officer there was like 15 seconds of videotape of him pushing a black a black man down he was perfectly legitimate in doing that it was a confrontation that took place and all he did was literally push him into his seated position well not only did did they uh fire him they arrested him and charged him and he went, it ruined his life. Young officer did nothing wrong and was just found not guilty by a jury. But this <clears> is happening <throat> across the country.
1: Uh, we're talking to Randy Sutton. He's chairman of the board of the wounded blue and their mission is to, to again, uh, tell our folks what, the, what the mission of the organization. Or, it's a nonprofit. Randy is.
6: Yes. The mission is to approve the lives of, of law enforcement, injured and disabled law enforcement officers through support, education, assistance, and legislation.
1: All right. So <clears throat> there's so much to talk about here. This is a big story that's under discussed in our country. Um, what I'm talking about is, uh, the attack on law and order and civilization, quite frankly. And a lot of it's being funded by George Soros, who's funding these, uh, district attorney races city attorney, county prosecutor races all over the country, especially in big counties, big cities. Uh, let me let me mention three or four things. One is I do think this is a red state, blue state issue in many respects. And red states, by and large, support law enforcement. That's why you're seeing a lot of blue state police officers, sheriff deputies, and so forth, move from blue states and blue cities to red states. I know Indiana said... The Chicago police, y'all come over here. And you can get a job over here. Same thing for New York, down in Florida, and other places. Florida said, "Come, come, apply for a job here." We support our law enforcement. Okay, <clears throat> here, here's here's uh, the, several a couple things I want to mention. One is um, what's going to happen here is if if you continue to see people leave the law enforcement profession. For all the reasons we talked about here, if if you're going to get uh, new officers in, they're going to be less experienced, okay? And they're going to be more susceptible to making mistakes because the, the veterans on the force, say, 10, 20, 30 years, are saying, I'm not going to do this any longer. I'm going to do something else because of the reasons we mentioned earlier because my life could be over. Mm-hmm. All I got to do. Uh, it, it, all I got to do is make one mistake. And even if it isn't a mistake, if it's against the person of a wrong skin color, then I'm, I'm my life's over. You know, if it's framed, if it's framed wrong and most of the time the videos that end up being national news stories or international news stories are videos captured, uh, of something, uh, after it's already started. Do <laughs> you ever notice this? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like going in the grocery store. i mentioned this before. <clears throat> and you walk down the aisle, and you see some parent wearing out a little four year old, uh, you know, on his behind, mm. and you're going, man, that that parent, somebody needs to calm that person down. They're they're out of control. Well, you didn't see what the four year old's been doing for fifteen minutes. Prior, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Pre- uh, disobeying, being. So, what I'm saying is, uh, a lot of those videos that you see are captured only after they've instigated an altercation with the police Uh, number two so the inexperience is going to increase the likelihood of mistakes happening real mistakes happening uh when confrontations occur between police officers and the public now number two is there is a growing and you see this there is a growing this is going to be a real problem going forward there is a growing open defiance to police officers you're again i go back to all of our child it doesn't matter what what color we are, black, white, green, yellow. Uh, uh, this was true up until about 10 years ago. Um, Americans were respectful. We don't want to see the blue lights flashing behind us, right? <laughs> and when they do, or when we're told by a police officer, do this or do that, it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And you do what you're told. Let me. Uh, and, and you don't, uh, you don't, you know, you don't, Question it really? If you do question, it, you question something respectfully. Instead, what's happening today? I'm seeing, Randy, is now because the uh, police have been so under siege that what you have is uh, a and and these uh, a lot of the people who are committing the crimes now are criminals, are suspects. You you confront them about something then they flip you the bird okay they tell you the cops i think huh mm-hmm. they they tell you tell you off they tell you you know tell the cop off yes and i don't know at that point i don't know what the police officer is supposed to do because if he physically confronts a person turn around sir for smarting off to him or whatever they are, are so you got a real problem there of disrespect for police and authority that's only exacerbated the problem and uh, i don't know what you do about that I don't know what you... Uh, Randy, you got any answers for that one?
6: Well, we have seen... Um, not not only are people willing to verbally confront law enforcement on every level for everything, whether it's a car stop... Yes. or, uh, or, or But we've actually seen instigation of confrontation. Um, police officers around the country are... Uh, are being baited into confrontation. Yes. Yes. And, and this is, this is a, this is a real technique being used by the anti-law enforcement, um, uh, or organizations. And there are organizations like Antifa that, that instigate this purposefully. Um, there plus there's, excuse me, there's a, I was, I spent a lot of time up in Portland, um, working with the uh, Portland police to try and uh, improve morale and uh, and also for my my podcast, which is uh, Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, I was doing a story about, about the Portland police, and I have never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, watching how the Antifa crowd literally, not only, not only verbally assaulted the police, but physically assaulted the police. <coughs> Excuse me. And the officers were forced to stand down and not even make arrests when they're physically assaulted. I have a startling statistic for you. And that is the last year, more than 60,000 American law enforcement officers were physically assaulted in the line of duty. Physically assaulted in the line of duty. That's a startling, startling figure. That includes shooting, stabbing, beatings, getting objects thrown at them, punches, kicks. And and also remember this. Last year was one of the deadliest years for law enforcement officers in decades. Uh, 479 officers gave their lives in the line of duty. Really? I, that, I
1: had no idea the number was that high. Wow.
6: That, yeah, it, it's. It was almost 100 more than last year. So you have an environment that is very, very dangerous for law enforcement. And I'm not, so I'm I'm talking about physically. I'm not even, I haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to the psychological traumas that these officers are facing. Of course, you know, being involved with the Wounded Blue, this is what we deal with literally every single day. The, the heartbreaking stories that I could share with you about how devastated these officers are. <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's something really important to note <clears throat> Excuse me. That, that people join police agencies or law enforcement agencies for very altruistic reasons. It's because they believe that they can help their community. <clears throat> and, it's, and, and it may sound Pollyanna-ish, but it's true. It's real. This is this is why people put on that badge. <clears throat> well, when you make the environment so so dangerous, and not only physically dangerous but psychologically dangerous, then what what you're doing is you're literally ripping the fabric of the country apart. Because with it, without police, there is no there is no civilization. Now you mentioned before um, the name of George Soros, <clears throat> and George Soros is is like a cancer to this country. Um, but he is a he's a brilliant strategist when it comes to trying to achieve his goals. And you mentioned it very prominently, and this is one of the most important issues in America right now, and that is the, what I call Trojan horse There's district attorneys and George Soros has been very very effective in spending millions and millions of dollars to undermine the criminal justice system by electing or getting elected through his through his unlimited financial resources district attorneys who care nothing about prosecuting criminals but care everything about disrupting and destroying the criminal justice system from within And that is the cancer that's eating in our society today.
1: Yeah. Well, now, also, we got to remember, folks, uh, that the people in these, and again, I'm talking about big city America primarily, although that's where the major problems are with police morale, and not that it doesn't affect other communities, but, and retention and everything, that the people of these cities themselves are going to have to vote new leaders in mm-hmm. okay you can't keep voting liberal democrats into your city council although not all liberal democrats are in favor of basically defunding the police a lot of them are now starting to speak out against it they, they're democrats but they're starting to say enough is enough however your your hardcore progressives They want to see the end of law enforcement because they want to see the end of law and order. They want to see chaos in the streets. They want to see the dismantling of the United States of America, Western civilization. You think I'm crazy? No. But that's the ultimate objective of these Marxists. That's where they want to go. So it's up to... The voters in these large cities to demand uh, law and order be restored, I think like they did in New York with Eric Adams. I think that's what the thinking was there. Well, thank you very much, Randy. Appreciate it.
6: My pleasure. The